Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Everybody, welcome into Lockdown Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, February 1st, 2021. We made it through January. Moving on to month number two in 2021. A fair amount of things I really want to talk about today, all kind of falling under the same bubble. This show will almost be made up entirely of me grading and talking about some of the trades and free agent signings that have gone down over the last week, the ones that I missed, the ones I didn't get a chance to talk about. And there were some really, really big ones, including Arenado getting traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll cover that in segment number two. But before we discuss all of that, there was some news floating around regarding a proposal by the owners regarding a potential 154-game season with, I believe, a month delay for spring training. I haven't done a ton of research into it, and I'll be honest, it doesn't, like, it should interest me, but I just find that the business side of baseball so boring, and there are much, much smarter people who can dissect that stuff. Like, the worst episodes I ever did for Lockdown Tigers, and some of it wasn't my fault, some of it was, but the worst episodes I ever did was, you know, in those summer months when we were just trying to figure out whether or not we're going to have a season, and it was, okay, they want to do 70% prorated pay for a 140-game season. That was so boring, and I was passionate about it because I just wanted to watch baseball, but I'll I'll fully admit, I'm I'm probably not as knowledgeable on it as I should be, and it's not as interesting to me. I do know there will be baseball in 2021. There's going to be a long baseball season in 2021. When it'll be, I'm not sure, but even I think Jeff Passan sent out a tweet the other day being like, right now, the plan is opening day is going to be April April 1st, which is what the expectation has been from the beginning. So moving on from that, whole lot of signings, whole lot of trades have gone down over the last couple weeks, and I've talked about some of them. Obviously, I covered Springer extensively, and when Trevor Bauer signs, I'll cover that extensively, and I talked about JT Riamuto. I spent an entire segment talking about him, but there's some smaller ones that went down that I do want to discuss and it's, it's a whole lot of them, and this will take up pretty much the entirety of today's show. So strap in, kids. I'm going to go about things the way I went about it last week, talking about the deal, what the parameters of the deal are, and giving it an overall grade with on the A-plus all the way down to F scale. So let's just start. This is in really no particular order. I'm kind of saving the biggest for last, so no particular order here, but I will start off with Brad Hand, who signed a one-year, $10.5 million deal with the Washington Nationals. Brad Hand has had a very solid career in the last couple of years. He's been one of the better closers in baseball. I am not a huge fan of him, and this is going to be such a okay boomer, like the eye test is the most important thing kind of answer that somebody could give, but there's closers, and then there's closers. Like, by all accounts, both analytically and just using the basic statistics, Brad Hand, pretty solid closer. Great slider, a lot of saves over the last several years, but... And if you're looking for a guy to hold down a 5-2 game in mid-July against the Tigers, you can't do better than Brad Hand. But 
I've seen this guy fumble and stumble multiple times in October. He did last year. He's not He's not a big boy closer, in my opinion. Now, I give it a B- minus because he'll serve a job for the Nationals, and I think he will be good for them. But overall, if the Nationals believe that Brad Hand is going to be able to save their bullpen woes and give them big outs in late September into October, I, uh, I think they're kind of sorely mistaken. Jamison Tyon was traded to the New York Yankees. You kind of have to grade this for both sides. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, I give that a B plus. actually. I mean, I think they got three prospects back. All of them, I believe, were in the Yankees' top 30 in their system. I'm surprised by that. Jameson, look, Jameson Tyon, easy guy to root for. I mean, co- total badass. Battled back from uh, testicular cancer a couple years ago. You root for him, and I hope he has success in New York, but it's he's the same caliber of pitcher that the Yankees have acquired, Garrett Cole being the exception, over the last several years, which is a so-so guy, not a guy who's necessarily going to the, get them over the hump. I give it a C for New York, and I give it a B-plus for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are trying to load up on as many prospects as they can, and they need to, because that team is going to be so abysmal, and they need to rebuild their farm system. It was decimated following the Chris Archer trade. I mean, that just absolutely killed them. Andrelton Simmons to the Minnesota Twins, a one-year, $10.5 million deal. I give it a B-plus, to be honest. And Simmons is not an offensive weapon. We've already known that, but you know, Foolish Baseball did a great video that said that Andrelton Simmons has had arguably Hall of Fame caliber numbers in terms of how he grades out analytically. He is on pace to potentially be the greatest defensive shortstop in the history of this game. He is a guy that can change any game with his defensive versatility and his athleticism. He's got one of the greatest arms uh, to ever grace the shortstop position. It's good for the Twins. You know, they needed another solid veteran presence. They get the best defensive shortstop in all of baseball. The Twins are always limited by their budget, but I give that one a B. I think that's a solid move. Marcus Simeon, a former shortstop for the Oakland A's, signed a one-year $18 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. You, know, you kind of feel bad for Marcus Simeon because in 2019, he was a revelation. I mean, he had such an amazing year, finished third for the MVP that season in the American League. He was spectacular, and you were like, all right, man, is this a breakout year? And then coming into a contract year, obviously the 60-game stuff mattered, but he didn't have a great year last year in 40-something games that he played, and I think it really hurt his value. But he's still a capable hitter, and he's going to be moved to second base, it looks like. Bo going to be manning shortstop there in Toronto for a long time. It's a one-year deal, $18 million is a lot that so I'm going to give it a B I can't go lower than that because it is only one year and so it, like a, a B is a perfect grade for something like this because if it doesn't work out hey it's one year if it does work out awesome it, it'll add to what's already a pretty darn explosive Toronto Blue Jays offense I think he'll fit right in and that's a pretty good uh, up the middle combination there with Bo Bichette at shortstop and Marcus Simeon now moving to second base speaking of the Blue Jays they traded for Steven Matz Mets got a few prospects back and a, and a starting pitcher in, in Reed Foley. Uh, it's a salary dump for the Mets, and they're going to try to clear up room for Trevor Bauer, and I think they will. I do think Bauer is going to end up signing there. So for for that purpose, I give it you know I give it a B for the Mets. I mean they know what they're doing. That they they plan on going out and getting another starting pitcher for the Jays. You know you didn't give up a ton for him, but I give it a C minus because I think the Jays are going to be pretty good this year. I think they have a lot of flashy good talent. They have a pretty solid bullpen. They're going to have a great offense that I've talked about. Some really uh, attractive young players. You know that's a place that a lot of free agents are going to want to sign over the next couple of years because of the up and coming talent they have. But 
Uh, I give this one a C- minus because that's what I give their entire rotation. Hunjin Ryu is very good and will continue to be good for them. But after that, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of faith in Nate Pearson. And Nate Pearson has the stuff, I think, to be a front-of-the-line starter. But he's pitched, what, you know, eight games at the major league level? Like, that, it's the same thing we do with the Tigers where it's like, well, if Myers, Manning, and Scooball pitch well this year, maybe the team could be competitive. You can't really rely on that. And after that, that this is not a rotation that is formidable at all. Robbie Ray, you know, still has good stuff in a firm fastball. They re-signed him, but he's struggled a lot over the last several years. Steven Matz has not been very good over the last several years, so I give it a C-, and for the Mets, look, it, it opens up the door for them to potentially sign Trevor Bauer. Lastly, and this is the last one I'll talk about in this segment, Masahiro Tanaka is headed back to Japan. Look, I don't know anything about Japanese baseball, so I'm not gonna, I can't grade that signing for them. You know, I'm sure it's an A. I mean, he's very, you know, he's a pretty solid major league pitcher going back to Japan. To me, it, it, this shows how embarrassing and how cheap owners have gotten nowadays. It's not just a Chris Illich problem. He's the worst offender. But in this, in 2021 baseball, you have Japanese teams who are outbidding, not the Oakland A's, not the Kansas City Royals, but the New York Yankees. Tanaka only wanted to pitch in New York. Like, that's the impression I get. He only wanted to pitch there, and the Yankees refused to give him a contract. And look, I, I think Tanaka's good. I don't think he's amazing. He's pitched some really good baseball for them in the postseason. Serviceable, solid major league pitcher, and the Yankees weren't willing to dish out the money to bring him back. I give I give that an F. And look, if you're looking for the reason, I've talked about it before, why the Yankees have struggled so much in October, why they haven't gotten to a World Series since 2009, it's because of stuff like this. I would have just dished out whatever, just a one-year deal or a two-year deal to Masahiro Tanaka. You bring him back. He's a rock-solid number three in a rotation, but they decided not to go with that. I think that's odd and kind of sad and just shows where we're, what the market is like nowadays in Major League Baseball and how cheap owners can be. So that'll do it for segment number one. When I come back, we still got more signings and more trades to grade. I may not get to all of them. I think I will. Who knows? We'll be right back. Baby, it's the Super Bowl this week. The big game, the biggest sporting event in America every single year. So many bets. Who's going to sing the national anthem? How? Or, I mean, we know who's going to sing it, but how long is it going to be? Is the coin toss going to be heads or tails? That You can gamble on anything in the Super Bowl, and there's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts the improved built bar is even more deliciouser 18 amazing flavors six new flavors 12 other original flavors bars are covered in 100% chocolate soft and easy to chew and built bars are healthy built bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from your local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. 
And we're back, everybody. So thank you very much for tuning in. We're going to continue. I mean, I call it a speed round, but it's not that speedy. It's going to take up the entire show. Grading all the big signings and trades have gone down over the last couple weeks. Let's jump right back into it. Tommy LaStella headed to the Giants. A three-year, $19 million deal. I give this a C-. minus. I mean, the Giants aren't going anywhere. They may flip him at the deadline if he produces, but I mean, Tommy LaStella? I, I know he made an all-star team in 2019, but like... If there was one guy who made the All-Star team that season that you said, okay, this is a nice story, but kind of fluky, it's Tommy LaStella. I mean, three-year deal, that's, I don't know, I don't understand the market sometimes. I don't understand how, like, teams aren't dishing out money to sign, say, a Jonathan Scope, and yet Tommy LaStella is getting three years, $19 million. C-minus on that one. The weird trade that went down last week, Adam Adovino was traded to the Boston Red Sox from the New York Yankees. I give it a B-plus for the Red Sox. I know Adovino's numbers were not pretty last year, but it was not indicative of the kind of pitcher he actually is. He had one outing where he gave up six runs without recording it out. Other than that, he had a sub-three ERA. He's a solid pitcher. Nasty stuff, frisbee slider, fastball that, you know, in the mid even has reached the upper 90s in the past. He's good. I didn't understand why the Yankees uh, did made that move. I guess it's a salary dump. He was, you know, they signed him to a fairly big contract several years ago. They went out, traded Adam Adovino, and then brought in Darren O'Day for less money on a one-year contract. I give that a B-plus for the Yankees. You kind of replace one and fill another void with O'Day. I like Darren O'Day. He's a good guy to have in the bullpen, especially a bullpen like that that features so many flamethrowers, and you have a guy who comes in with that funky delivery, with the sidearm action. I mean, that's got to be a nightmare when you know that next up you might be facing a role this Chapman who's going to be throwing 102, and then you have a guy who's doing the sidearm submarine stuff. I mean, it's got to be tough to face a, a bullpen that good. You, of course, have Zach Britton at the back end of that pen as well. So, you know, every time I'm like super out on the New York Yankees, they'll do something like this. Because this made no sense. Adam Adovino's a good pitcher. Why are they doing this? Oh, okay, they're shedding salary and then they bring in a guy who's pretty darn good in Darren O'Day. So I can't knock it completely for the New York Yankees. Jock Peterson goes to the Chicago Cubs, a one-year $7 million deal. Give it a B plus. I'm close to giving it an A minus. The, the reason I'm not giving it higher, and this is so strange, and I'll talk about the Cardinals here in a second, who probably are officially the favorites to win that division, but the National League Central is pitiful. It's it's a division that features several teams that are either rebuilding or don't know what the hell they're doing, like the Cincinnati Reds. And then you have the Cubs, who I believe, now with Jed Hoyer leading the way there, Theo Epstein gone, who I believe are transitioning into a rebuild. They traded you Darvish. There's been rumors about Baez and Bryant and Hendricks and Wilson Contreras as well. Potential, basically everyone except for Anthony Rizzo. Kyle Schwarber now gone as well. He his option didn't get pick up, picked up. He was non-tendered. He is now a member of the Washington Nationals. The problem is, is they need to trade Bryant and Hendricks and some of those guys like now because if not. They could end up winning the division on accident. Jock Peterson's a good pickup. He's a good player. And that team, I'm sorry, like, I know a lot of guys had down years last year, but if they bring everybody back right now, a team with Hap and Bryant and Rizzo and Baez, I know Baez had an awful year last year, and Hendricks and Contreras and Jock Peterson, uh, that's a team that could maybe win that division. And for a team that uh, believes they're rebuilding and wants to load up their farm system again, kind of an awkward position to be in. But look, even if they aren't competitive, Jock Peterson is a guy you could flip the deadline. Power hitter, not a bad move for them at all. And they got him for cheap. Another move I really like, this is one of my favorite moves so far this offseason. Eddie Rosario, formerly of the Minnesota Twins, signs a deal with the Cleveland Indians. One year, 
$1.8 million, another guy for cheap that the Tigers could have gotten, but decided not to because they fell in love with Robbie Grossman. I give this an A-. minus. This is not a move that's going to make the Indians the favorites in the division by any means. I, the Indians are aware of their situation. The writing is on the wall. They know that they are in the midst of a rebuild. We're going to see some more pieces probably be traded here pretty soon in the last year or so. They traded Bauer, and they traded Kluber, and they traded Clevenger, and they traded Lindor. I mean, they're starting to build this thing back up again, but they won't be terrible, and you have a guy in Eddie Rosario who's a darn good player, and you can flip for prospects at the deadline, which my guess is they probably will, because I can't imagine they're going to be that great this year or that competitive this season. It's a good move. This is how you rebuild. Like, the Tigers are under this belief that they have to do this bargain bin nonsense. Eddie Rosario, good player for cheap. If at any point in the last four years, Chris Illich would have brought in a player of Eddie Rosario's caliber. He would have immediately been the Tigers' best player, but they never did. They did the bargain bin basement-dwelling nonsense, and they brought in Austin Romine, and wow, what a return that got back. He was he played 40 games here, and he was awful. Didi Gregorius re-signs with the Philadelphia Phillies, two years, $28 million. I give it a B-, minus. I'm not crazy about Didi. I, I know the Yankees fans fell in love with him, but he's good. He's a good player, and he's, he's a pretty clutch player, but I don't view him as some elite shortstop, two years, $28 million. The Phillies with Dombrowski at the helm now, they're just trying to keep their head above water. That's a really tough division, and they brought back Riamuto, and they brought back Didi Gregorius, and they still return a fairly solid core with Harper and with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, who was phenomenal a season ago. Their issues lie in, in the bullpen, and that's why I can't give this much higher than a B- minus or something like that, because the, the problem wasn't, oh my god, we don't have a shortstop. The problem is that there's a lot of pitching issues with that team, especially in the back end of the pen. Lastly, and this was the big move that went down, I believe it was Friday night, maybe Thursday night, Nolan Arenado, who up until last year when Tatis took his spot, was my one of my favorite players, was my favorite player in baseball for a while, still love the dude, think he's a great competitor, unbelievable player, the best defensive third baseman I've ever seen, has spent his entire career with the Colorado Rockies, has now been traded to the St. Louis Cardinals, this was coming from Ken Rosenthal, a deal pending approval from both MLB and Players Union. Union. Rockies will be sending Cardinals significant cash, believed to be in the $50 million range, and Arenado will be deferring money. Some of the names coming back include Austin Gomber, Luke and Baker, John Torres, few others as well sprinkled in there. I'm not going to talk about who the Rockies acquired. It's it's probably a pretty underwhelming deal on their end, Arenado under contract, and they're a team that's looking like they're in full rebuild mode, and they don't have a very good GM. I, I mean, they, they do not have a good GM at all. I saw a thing that listed all the moves that they've made over the last several years, some of the signings, some of the trades. They've been they've been pretty disastrous, and they, it's too bad because they were good a couple years ago. I mean, they were pretty darn good. They had a team that they flamed out in the postseason, but I remember coming into that year being like, they got a shot. They got a shot because this is going to be this is going to be a solid team, and they have completely fallen off the face of the earth since then. And you've seen guys like Lemayhew leave, and now Arenado gone, and pretty soon my guess is Trevor Story will probably be out as well. So for the Colorado Rockies, I give this a C minus. I don't think the return is that great. You don't really get any of the Cardinals' big top prospects. You know the size of that Arenado contract. I think probably prevented them from giving up some of their top guys. And it's not like the Cardinals farm system, while they always pull talent out of nowhere, it's not like it's that loaded. And in return, the Cardinals get arguably the best third baseman in baseball. I don't put him number one. He was maybe number one for a minute there. I mean, he was so good. He didn't have a great year 
a season ago. But at worst, you get one of the best defenders in all of baseball, a platinum glove winner, a fierce competitor, a guy who who hates losing. I mean, we've seen multiple occasions. Nolan Arenado does not like losing baseball games, and he's gone to going to a team now that uh, wants to be a winner again. And they had kind of a strange year last year. COVID stuff really kind of derailed them. Still made the postseason, lost in, in three games in the first round to the San Diego Padres. But that division is is wide open, and nobody wants to be a contender. And now they've thrown their hat in the ring and said, hey, yeah, let's let's make a move. Let's be good. And uh, that is a talented team. I mean, you got uh, at third base, you have Nolan Arenado, multi-time all-star. At first base, you have Paul Goldschmidt, multi-time all-star, who just has not looked the same since he's put on a Cardinals uniform. He was better a season ago go, but it's weird because the Cardinals are a good team. Two years ago, they were in the NLCS. I mean, they knocked off Atlanta in that five-game series, and, you know, Atlanta obviously imploded, but they still won the series. They had manager of the year, and, but it seems like thing people have kind of overlooked them. It's still one of the best-run organizations in sports, and I know it's been a minute since they've been as dominant as they were, say, like 2011, 2015, but still a good team. They're still well-run. They still have a great fan base, great ballpark. They're going to be competitive. Does this make them the favorites in the National Leagues? In my opinion, no. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, until somebody knocks off the Dodgers, they're going to continue to be the favorites. They have the most talent, and even the Dodgers, in my opinion, have another world beater in their own division in the San Diego Padres, but I don't think I've given a grade yet. I give it an A. For the Cardinals, you know they they want to be in win now mode. They acquired one of the best players in baseball to add to an offense that has, over the last several years, struggled at points in terms of productivity. They've had good pitching, but you saw it in the NLCS a couple years ago. The reason they faltered, they stopped scoring runs. They scored like five runs in four games and really fell apart. You get a good pure hitter in Nolan Arenado, and you get a good power hitter and a good leader in Nolan Arenado. Not much else that you could ask for. It's a pretty disappointing return for the Rockies, but. You got to move on, unfortunately, as bad as things may be and as bad as things probably are going to be there. So tough to win in Colorado, but that will do it. This is going to be a long show, but that will do it for today's show. So many signings, so many trades. I covered most of them. If another, if there's one I forget about, I'll come back on here on Wednesday on Wednesday, and talk about it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm sorry, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thanks very much, everybody. I'll be right back here on Wednesday covering more news. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.